Hey everyone, this is David from the Principal's Desk. Thanks for joining us again for another episode of the Principal's Desk podcast. I am thrilled to be joined by John Conan today. He is the principal of Columbia Falls High School, uh, kind of near Glacial uh, Glacier National Park up in Montana there where, uh, hey, it is December and it is cold there right now. Um, so we're happy to have you, John. And uh, I know we're going to be talking today about uh, tier one strategies here, something that's near and dear to my heart as I've worked in schools where, um, you know, uh, we see, you see kids in a lot of different states of what they need. And I feel like those tier one strategies, if we do them right, they'll, you know, prevent a lot of things from happening down the road. Um, so it's kind of that preventative care. Um, but I'd love to hear a little bit about your educational journey, what led you to Columbia Falls High School, and um, what got you thinking about these tier one strategies? Definitely, you know, kind of been a long tour or pathway to get to Columbia Falls. This is my uh, about 25th year of, of education. And so I actually did my student teaching up in Alaska. I thought I was going to live up there for a while and uh, taught second grade in Anchorage. That was my very first job uh, that I had. Did my student teaching uh, between Palmer and Wasilla and absolutely loved Alaska. And I might get back there someday, but uh, my dad had a lot of heart problems. And so I moved back to Montana and and uh, felt like I needed to be closer to family. And um, so I'm from central Montana and had some of my first jobs uh, right around central Montana. Uh, did I taught elementary school in second, fifth, and sixth grade and um, taught middle school. Uh, also been an instructional coach, been an elementary principal for uh, nine years. That's probably the longest uh, time. Uh, I was a K-12 principal of a small little school. Um, had uh, 212 kids, K-12, all in one building. Uh, so it was kind of fun to watch kindergartners <laughs> walk by seniors at the same time. Uh, and then uh, got into a large district and was a principal there. And um, then I uh, went for the superintendent job uh, of this large district. And uh, I was just happy to get an interview knowing that I was only had been an elementary principal before, but uh, got an interview and uh, made the final round. And then decided I really wanted to get into uh, trying to find out how I can do with um, being a superintendent and uh, kind of crazy situation where I signed my contract uh, the first week of March and the, the uh, second or third week of March, we went into COVID lockdown. And so my first job as a, as a superintendent was, was during COVID. And wow. <laughs> it, was, it was difficult. It, it was hard. Uh, I love the, the staff and the community where I was at, and I love the kids where I was at. And um, unfortunately, as a superintendent, it was a difficult time um, trying to, um, you know, keep kids and staff safe and also uh, trying to uh work with a, a community that maybe uh, where I was at didn't like uh, a lot of the COVID um, uh, laws and situations uh, that we had for our state. And and uh, I ended up after the end of two years uh, really wanting to get back closer to kids. And so I made that decision. Uh, it's my second time in my career where um, some people may look at it as, as moving backwards, but I, I kind of felt like it was a necessary move to get back closer to kids. 
And so yeah, yeah. I'm now the high school principal uh, of uh, Columbia Falls High School in Montana. It's about 700 students. It's uh, for Montana, it's pretty large, but uh, I know comparatively across the nation, it's it to be considered a smaller <laughs> school. Um, but there's uh, over all the different uh, experiences of my 25 year career, I think there's some really high leverage things that I did that that are impactful, I think, to in schools um, that uh, at the tier one level that that everyone can um, support and get around. And, and I think they're uh, what we'll talk about today. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Um, Alaska. I, I remember I was doing a recruiting trip for a district that I worked with. We were trying to get teachers and I was up in, uh, I think it was Spokane, Washington. And there were districts from all around the country. And the district that I worked with at the time started with an A. And so we did a bunch of these little job fairs and we were always right next to Anchorage Unified. <laughs> and so uh, there were two gentlemen from Anchorage and I used to talk to them all the time because I'm, I've never been to Alaska and I would love to see it one day. Uh, and they were saying, oh, it's beautiful in the summer. It can be very challenging in the winter. Um, so I plan on going there sometime in the summertime and uh, seeing what it has to offer. But I've heard it's beautiful. But uh, and then you with um, be, becoming a superintendent right at the beginning of COVID when those are, uh, you know, educators are put in, as you know, impossible situations. You, you were always the bad guy. And, um, you know, that was echoed, you know, across the country. And uh, to have that be your first experience with the superintendency, I can't even imagine. Um, but, um, hey, you know, uh, it took some really great, amazing educators to get everyone through that. And uh, so, uh, and I just, so I don't, uh, I also don't, uh, think that moving back and being a principal and being closer to kids is anything, you know, it's not a step back. It's uh, getting to what you love the most and uh, Hey, you know, uh, we need good people everywhere. So uh, um, they're, they're lucky to have you. Um, but I'm sure your experiences have given you some of this information about tier one strategies uh, about what works, maybe most importantly, what doesn't work that you've seen in your you know, a couple decades here in education here. So uh, tell us, you know, what what have you seen that works here? What, uh, if I'm a new administrator, I'm listening to this podcast, um, what should I be looking for as far as a tier one strategy? Definitely. Well, you know, setting up a system where you have people that you can team with, I think that is the, the most vital cog to the uh, wheel, I think. And um, really getting into the MTSS, multiple tiers of systems of support, uh, when I first started uh, getting into response intervention, um, our school district was actually trained from Wayne Callender, who started RTI, and um, I, I think uh, we really got into getting interventions for reading and math right away. Every time we sat down with uh, our team, though, talking about reading and math interventions, uh, we always felt like we were missing a component. It was always the the social emotional well being uh, of of the child. And mm -hmm. every time we got into how we can support uh, most of our hardest students, we realized that we got to meet those needs as well. And so we really worked. This is man, we're talking back in um, man two thousand seven, two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Mm -hmm. Uh, really making that that switch to having the other side of the triangle of working with social emotional uh, learning goals and setting them for students, uh, we could really start moving the dial. And so we started looking at some of those high leverage strategies that uh, we could do across the school to um, impact 
our, our students' experiences. So did a lot of work with trauma-informed um, uh, work with uh, several different people um, mm -hmm. uh, that are authors and, and researchers uh, uh, from the Northwest area, but also across the nation. Um, and one of the things that, that we really wanted to um, do was create um, some positive, more positive experiences for students. And so one of the things that uh, we started doing was tracking our, our positive phone calls. I mean, this is mm. 10, 12 years ago. You've heard that strategy done by a lot of people, but um, I, I think there is a piece to it. Um, how you set it up uh, can be powerful. So obviously having your staff do positive phone calls is important as a principal. But um, one of the things that I like to do is create um, has asked teachers to give me positives about students. And then I made phone calls as a principal to parents. And so many parents were surprised that why would the principal yeah. be calling us? Usually they only call for negatives, but right. for positives and, um, you know, never use the word, but and I never called, get a positive and said, but <laughs> today this happened. Right. I never did that. But um, the great thing I found out was parents uh, or even grandparents, whoever they're living with, started giving positives back about the teachers that uh, the students had. And then it created this full circle piece where then I went back and celebrated that teacher and let the let the uh, parents uh, uh, let the teacher know what the parents had said. And so it, we just started creating this this atmosphere where we're looking for positives and, and we started tracking them, um, you know, upwards of six, seven hundred phone calls in a couple of years that I had uh, the year that we uh, had won the, the Blue Ribbon Award in our school. Um, that was a year that. Uh, Man, we, we tracked over 700 phone calls that year, and uh, we like to say that uh, a lot of that was contributed or attributed to to that culture that, that we created. And so mm -hmm. obviously the principal before me did a great job of, of uh, setting me up for success before that, too. But, uh, man, we were able to extend that and create strong community bonds. So I think how you set up that. Tracking positive phone calls is something that uh, I think you can do uh, school-wide. Require teachers to turn in comments about students. Um, require teachers to to make some phone calls just like you. You can model it. Uh, I think that's one of the great um, mm -hmm. tier one strategies. Yeah, you know, I, I'm hearing you say a couple of things here that uh, I'm grasping on to here. Number one, it's that... Um, parents and family members were starting to make positive comments back to, to teachers. And um, sometimes we forget that the tier one strategies, we focus a lot on students, but as educators, we kind of need that as well. Um, and having, you know, some, someone say something nice to you as an, any sort of educator is, I hate to say it, but it, it's kind of rare. You know, like you just said, like principals only call home if there's a problem and, and parents are surprised when it's like, oh, you're, you're, Thing that my, my kid's doing right now, like, wow, that's so refreshing. Same thing for teachers. And, and I spent 10 years as a principal, absolutely the same thing. Like I needed to hear it every once in a while too. It's so invaluable for teachers to have. Uh, and the other thing that you, you said, um, you know, uh, making it something that everyone could do school-wide. That is another gatekeeper right there because it's something has to be consistent across all the cloud. When we, we used to do something very, very similar and I would have, you know, I had my, my classroom aides call home, you know, it's just like someone that the parents didn't really know, but someone's reached out and, hey, you know what, your kid did an amazing, I want to tell you. Um, so important. Uh, so I, I echo uh, that strategy uh, 
a thousand percent. Those positive phone calls, amazing. They do amazing work. Definitely. Another one that uh, I think uh, I still use today that um, I probably started, oh, just about 10 years ago, I guess, uh, is called the barometer check. And so um, some people call them thermometer check, barometer check. And all that is, is to go around and to, uh, in the morning, I, I have this routine where I go around and check in with, uh, with, with every single uh, teacher, every single staff member, trying to at least say hello to them. And there's so many different positives, I think, from that. One, you get rid of emails. So you don't have to do so many emails. But, but two, you're, you're checking in and you're being genuine and you're creating relationships with them. And, and uh, they feel like they, they know you're coming around at that time, that they, they can talk to you. And, um, man, uh, really putting time into those relationships. Uh, you can also check on how teachers are doing. Like uh, there was a couple teachers, I guess, when I was at the elementary level that I knew if uh, when I went in there and if they were having a bad morning already, I knew I might have to be in there to support students more uh, that day as well. And so it's kind of a barometer check to see how teachers are doing, what they need. Um, and I do the same thing uh, with students. So I do that when student when teachers came in the morning, as soon as students started arriving, I do a big sweep. Uh, I do it today, walking through the hallways, talking to kids. And I do it uh, when I was in the elementary, getting out on the playground. I go check in uh, a lot of times with with my students that um, that I knew that I might be seeing later that day, kind of do a check with them, see how their night went, see everything's going. And um, sometimes I pull kids so they didn't even go right in the classroom. They they went and got support or got food in the morning before uh, they ever came to the classroom. And so some of that preventative uh, early morning thermometer checks, barometer checks with those students and staff, uh, I think are, is another great tier one strategy where uh, it might be time consuming. I could probably say I put an hour into that in the mornings. Uh, but it pays off the rest of rest of the day uh, tenfold between um, having to see those kids later or uh, with building stronger relationships with staff. Yeah, I used to do uh, I used to play basketball at lunch with my students and I used to play with my kids who, yeah, they would most likely be in my office uh, in the uh, in the later afternoon. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's preventative measures. You know, that's tier one. Um, but I'm also, you know, I'm doing, I'm building relationships. I'm, I'm, I'm getting that work in so that inevitably when they are sent to me for whatever reason, we've already built up that relationship and it becomes less of a, oh, you know, Dr. Franklin is going to be mad at me and I'm going to get in trouble. It's more Dr. Franklin is going to be disappointed in me. That, right. That's much more effective. Um, you know, when, when you're working with children, um, because you've built those relationships and, uh, love the barometer check. Uh, and it, you're right. It is, it can be very time consuming, but you will get that time back. And then some at the end of the day, plus again, you can't put a price on building relationships. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, another one that, uh, another tier one strategy, um, used a lot is, is, uh, uh, using our early warning system. So uh, looking at students' grades, uh, either their Fs or their Ds, and anyone that has uh, um, less than, you know, 10% or more than 10% uh, absences, uh, we created an early warning system to be able to uh, be preventative with students once, the, once they hit that and to make sure we're getting them uh, 
interventions, checking in with them. Um, a lot of times we did a, a check-in, check-out, or a, a check-in connect. Those are two different types of strategies that you can use to, to work with those kids, uh, as well as checking in with the teacher and finding out uh, what support they need to be able to help support the student. And obviously, uh, parent communication is huge uh, with, with any of that. So um, how strong your early warning system is and how well you use it and how well you put your interventions in place uh, is definitely uh, created by, by your team and, and can be one tier one strategy that, that is uh, effective across your school. Love it. Um, Want to um, piggyback on the uh, more than 10% um, truancy rate um, issue that you just brought up and having a, you know, creating some supporters around for those students. I have found that attendance is the like the number one predictor. Uh, for academic achievement. And um, as a principal, I hit that hard with my team. With kids, we were noticing that they were out a lot. We worked with the families, we worked with local agencies, we put a support system around them. And, and a lot of times it was not that they were sick all the time, as we, we know that it's, you know, they don't have transportation to school or something else happened at home or, you know, uh, there's a lot of other things. So we would provide bus passes, we would, you know, arrange carpools, we would um, you know, just uh, arrange, you know, um, there's a term for it now where kids walk together in, to school. I'm forgetting what the term is called now. It's like a caravan, but there's a new term for it. Um, we got them to school, whatever it took. And if we could get them to school, then it became my teacher's job to make sure that they are academically progressing. My job, I got them to school. So we went from 92 average daily attendance to 98 in wow. one year. And we saw just boom academic achievement just skyrocketed. Um, so I'm glad to hear that you are focused on attendance as well. And, that's, and that should be at every school. Um, and for, for, again, for new principals that might be listening to this, focus on attendance uh, because that will pay dividends well off in the future. Definitely. Like currently in our school, we have a attendance incentives right now. And so uh, at the high school level, uh, we've just seen, I think everyone's seen after COVID that um, people, families just aren't uh, getting their kids to school as much as they used to. Um, yeah. And at the high school level, students aren't coming as much as they used to. Um, and so we're actually dealing with, with low 90s right now of, of students. But when we look at staff as well, because I'm also tracking staff. Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, we mirrored that whenever uh, students are are sick or out quite a bit. And when we get down in the low 90s, even the high 80s, uh, our staff is the same way. Like we have uh, about 70 staff members in, in this in this school between certified and classified. And and uh, we, we, we mirror just about exactly what the, our classes are doing. So right now we have incentives for freshmen, sophomore, juniors and seniors, and each of them are battling each other. And we post their uh, daily attendance up and and uh, we give out random prizes. We have uh, big incentives for them. Um, uh, we, we've seen some increases, I guess, from from the beginning of the year uh, when we started this. So um, Great. that's something I guess we're going to keep celebrating. Yeah, absolutely. I, it's funny. So. I used to post our grade level attendance monthly. Uh, I used to do it in our my newsletter that went out to families. And um, interesting to see how it does it. And there's the staff um, a lot. Um, but the, the other thing that I want to caution educators on is the notion of perfect attendance. Yeah. I've never liked the whole notion of attendance because kids do get sick. Teachers do get sick. And especially in this... I don't know if I should call it a post-COVID environment. I just, I don't know what we're calling it now, but 
it is important to stay home if you are not feeling well, um, especially, you know, this podcast being uh, you're recorded in the wintertime, you know, there's the flu going around right now. Right. Having 100% attendance doesn't necessarily make you the greatest student ever. Um, if you're not sick, stay home. But it's all for those other reasons why cool that I'm glad uh, to hear that you are attacking and that it is it is working um, as I've seen in the past as well. So uh, that's a really, really great strategy to, to hone in on. Yeah. So another one, um, my fourth one I'll share with you is called uh, doing some podcasting, uh, podcasting out the positives. And so um, I've had quite a bit of uh, social media uh, for our schools, uh, last two schools I've been in and, and getting out podcasts. Uh, last year, I did a podcast. It was uh, as a superintendent um, uh, celebrating our, our seniors. And so I kind of brought that forward uh, into this year. And so uh, now I'm calling it the Wildcat Principal Podcast. And um, last year we had over 25,000 listens to our to our podcast uh, through our analytics of our website. And and uh, this year uh, we've done about five or six podcasts now and trying to get the rest of the seniors to come do it. But it's it's celebrating the great things going on in our school. And so uh, students get on and they talk about um, um, kind of their experience going through school. What are some of the positives they had? What are some of the of the teachers and, and classes and experiences that they remember from elementary, middle, and high school? So they're name dropping teachers, uh, which is awesome because nice. then I can then I can tell certain teachers, hey, this this student talked about you way back in in first second grade, and <laughs> kind of creates this full circle piece of of um, uh, of celebrating the great things in our whole district. And um, one of the hard questions for them is like, what can we do to, to make this place even better? Like, what if you, if you could be the principal or the superintendent, what would you change in our district? And so trying to get their perspective as well and giving them a voice uh, to be able to say, hey, this is, what, this is what I think needs to be done in our school. And then us as staff members, we really need to listen to that, those things that the kids are saying and, and put some of that stuff in place. Uh, like I always tell our staff, you know, once is a is an incidence, twice is a coincidence, and three times is a pattern. So if we have we have stuff coming up with more than three people, three students uh, saying some of the same stuff, then we we really need to look at that stuff. So uh, anyway, that podcasting piece can be you can celebrate so many different things going on. Uh, we're starting um, after the Christmas break to really look at our our clubs and our groups and uh, having them come on uh, to our podcasts and and uh, and really tell, uh, talk about what they're club is about and 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 really let people know um, uh, what's going on in our school that is really really cool can um can anyone listen to the podcast or do you have to be associated with the school no no they're on our website and uh, I, I push them out Beautiful. on facebook we we push them out through our instagram uh page and through uh facebook and under our website so i guess we have a couple different avenues where we where we push that information. That's also on Anchor FM and uh, under Wildcat uh, Principal mm -hmm. Podcast. So, um, last well, we'll post uh, we'll post the link definitely mm -hmm. uh, to the podcast in the notes section. So anyone who wants to check it out and see what John's doing with uh, with the you know, podcast and the positives, we'll we'll put that link in there. Uh, that'd be really cool to check out. So uh, yeah, what's number five? Uh, what's that fifth strategy? Sure. The last one um, we'll talk about that's. Uh, Kind of goes with uh, tier one for everybody, uh, but it's more dealing with with staff is is building up the, the toolboxes of teachers. And so, uh, one of the questions I always ask staff uh, 
uh, is, you know, give me your top five discipline strategies. Kind of interesting how you always focus on five. Well, there's a lot of things I do with five too. Uh, like one of them is, is tell me your, your, what are your five strategies you use for um, classroom management or discipline um, and really getting to, to share those uh, tools with, with everybody else. Uh, we just did one where we did it on engagement. Our goal, our focus this year at the high school is working on engagement and uh, teachers had to give me um, engagement strategies that they had new ones that they did this this first quarter and we're creating a, a large toolbox for teachers and um, a library basically of of engagement tools uh, of strategies that they can use across a lot of them across different disciplines and, and curriculum areas. Uh, maybe over 50 strategies from this from this first quarter. We're going to do it again second quarter and add to that library. Um, and so what I call toolboxes, uh, it's just a, a metaphor for what are I, th I think teachers should be able to, to tell you what are five things that they maybe used with a student before they ever sent them down to the office. Right. You know, I, I tried proximity. I tried uh, relationships. Mm -hmm. First name. I tried uh, talking with them one on one out in the hallway. And when when teachers have this toolbox where they have a whole bunch of strategies like this and they're using them, uh, I just find that that ownership of of behavior with that kid and that in that uh, teacher uh, really stays with them instead of you know a kid gets in trouble real fast and gets sent down to the office and and unfortunately a lot of that. Uh, that power gets transferred to, to to the principal when in reality they're going to be with the teacher more than they're going to be with me. And so if I can get teachers to be able to try to use their toolboxes to help uh, those students um, uh, take care of it, it's not like I'm not going to do that. But uh, I think a, a teacher right. really needs to save me for the big stick. When, when the big stick comes, comes down and the big situations, I'm there to help support them. But all this little stuff to, uh, you know, uh, minor stuff, uh, uh, teachers are, are trying to handle a lot of that because they're the ones that are going to be with that student a, a lot more. So anyway, when I talk about building yeah. those toolboxes, it could be, um, you know, it could be behavior, it could be uh, engagement strategies for academics. I mean, a lot of different types of, of toolboxes uh, that, that we can create and build uh, and share uh, across the board. Awesome. Yeah. I, gosh, I so agree with you where, uh, you know, I wanted to make sure my teachers had tried a bunch of strategies before I was sent to kid or before I got the email about, you know, one of their students who needed extra support. It's like, okay, well, what have you done? Uh, and what I found was maybe I didn't do a good enough job as their principal in building up their toolbox with them. Um, they didn't have those strategies. And that became, you know, something that I now had to do as a principal, uh, which was great because again, I want to. I want the teachers to have the power. Once you send a kid to the office, you're giving the administrator the power, and I never wanted it. <laughs> I wanted my teachers to be those authority figures in the classroom, as far as classroom management goes, but then also be the authority on the academic piece as well. And building up those toolboxes uh, is a sign of a great principal, and uh, this can be a sign of a great you know school culture as well, where you're building off of things that are working, uh, the research base, but then also sharing out with others. You know, hey, this is what works for me. Uh, and then all of a sudden you've got these full toolboxes and teachers will be more successful. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, fantastic, John. Well, thank you uh, so much for sharing these. If you had to pick one of the five that we talked about here, again, I'm thinking about a newer principal coming in who's searching for something to get started. Uh, what would be the maybe the one thing that you would start first 
No, uh, I do if know you had this list. I guess the second one I talked about, but it's called the, the barometer thermometer check because uh, <laughs> right away it helps you build relationships and it sets a, a precedent for you and your staff that you're going to come meet face to face and that you put it, it tells people you put more into face to face communication than emails and yeah. uh, you're honestly trying to learn about them and being genuine about learning more about each, each teacher. Uh, but you can do that same thing with students too, and getting out and and being out and about and visible and talking with them uh, before they ever come in, set foot in the classroom. So I think that whole barometer check, I think, uh, I, man, I'd love to write a whole book about all the positives from that piece of it. There's just so many positives from from building those relationships right away. Uh, I think if teachers uh, started putting that, I mean, sorry, principals started putting that into their routine, what's the first thing you do uh, in the morning? Um, when teachers start coming on campus and hopefully you're out and about building relationships. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 I agree with you. It would be that barometer check for, for myself as well. And uh, I think back to, to the work I do with uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Robert Marzano and, and part of his uh, strategies are, it's that barometer check. It's, it's just no, it's from an instructional standpoint, but then also for an administrator, it's just, where is everybody at your school as far as how they're feeling about themselves, about their colleagues, about their peers, about, you know, their academics, uh, and checking in with kids and teachers and parents and understanding like, yeah, things are going in the right direction or wow, things really aren't going in the right direction. At least you could do something about those two. The worst thing, and I, I'm, think you'll agree with me here is that if you just don't know because you're not out there you're not visible and you get blindsided and uh i can tell you if you do that you're not going to last very long in that position uh being visible is very very important yep i agree i agree yeah well awesome thank you john uh for for being here these are some great strategies um you know again cracking positives with phone calls uh, having that barometer check, uh, the FD and the more than 10% uh, absentee rate for early warning system, podcasting positives and building toolboxes. We're going to put some notes in the uh, in the podcast area uh, for notes um, with some links for some extra information here on John's strategies um, for, for supporting tier one support. But uh, again, John, thank you so much for being here. Uh, really, really enjoyed finally getting to talk to you. I feel like we've been connected on social media for several years now. So it's really great to finally uh, connect in this manner here. And um, thank you for everyone for tuning in to the Principal Zest podcast. Thank you. It's been great.